You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I am a speaker and consultant with a specialty in goal strategy for event attendees, and I am all about helping people figure out what they want and how to get it. So every Sunday night, I leave the goal chat Twitter chat, and then on Monday, I bring in friends to dive deep into the topic. And then Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are glad you're here. And what a great show we have today. The May theme is May Your Dreams Come True. Yes, corny, but yes, on brand. And so every week this month, we're talking about making your dreams come true. And we can't have this topic without talking about building your business, because whether it is your full-time gig or your side hustle or whatever, you kind of need to work on it. So it works for you. And I have such amazing experts today. I've got Wanda Allen, who is basically the follow-up queen. And shout out and thanks to Lisa Reed for introducing us because uh-huh. you're both awesome. And I'm glad to see you here. And then Michelle Nicole McNabb, who comes see you all come from friends. You came from Orly, who introduced us. And Michelle is an event uh, strategy queen. So we're like this. And, and Phyllis <laughs> Perry is your franchise coach. And I can't specifically pinpoint but we've met at like four or five different networking things mm-hmm. before it's stuck. So yes. it's all about making friends and you meet them as many times as you need to, mm-hmm. to bring them all together. And you're all wonderful examples of power women in business, but I don't even want to use power women. You're just like power business people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have this great conversation. But before we jump in, I would love for you all to introduce yourselves um, I was going to say better, but actually, like, introduce yourselves beyond, you're awesome, we're going to have a great conversation, yay. So, Wanda, welcome. Thank uh, you. Please, please share who you are, why you're here, and yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, I'm Wanda Allen, and my company is Follow-Up Sales Strategies, and I'm a speaker, a coach, and an author, and everything I do is centered around helping everyone I can improve their follow-up skills. Because it's such a crucial part of getting business, but it's an area that in general people really struggle with. So that struggle has become my passion and mission. And um, I'm what I call a one-trick pony. Everything I do is about follow-up. But there is power 
in the niche, right? Mm -hmm. What is it? The riches in the niches, I keep hearing Mm -hmm. that. And it sounds kind of hokey, but also really, really true. So I love it. Um, More soon, let's bring on Michelle Nicole McNabb to tell us about Michelle. Tell us about you. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Deborah. And it's so nice to be here uh, sharing the stage, as I call it. Um, so my name is Michelle Nicole McNabb, and I specialize in event management strategically for businesses that are allocating anywhere from 10K to a million dollars annually in events. And so my background started, I knew in high school that I wanted to be in events. And so here I am 15 years later of really following that journey of um, social events was how I got started and then worked in corporate. And that's really when I first saw how do businesses leverage events. So that being trade shows and conferences and product launches and campaigns. And so uh, 2018, I've actually shifted completely into the B2B and corporate space um, rather than the logistical and social side of events. Uh, So that's how I've really niched down. Um, And then really the specialty, instead of being internal, I actually work with those internal teams and act more as that external director of events and filling in those gaps, uh, bringing on the right team members. uh, That way, working with those internal teams as an extra hand and or team extension of the team for those companies uh, to leverage events efficiently. Nice. Perfect. And again, a really solid niche, which mm-hmm. is great. And which is why I'm chatting with Orly. And she's like, oh, you don't know Michelle? You must know Michelle. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a great it's, connection so far. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, okay. And so Phyllis, your turn. Hi there. I'm Phyllis Pieri, and I'm a franchise expert. And I have been in the franchise space for over 40 years. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Uh, but it's just the case. And I'm a speaker, international uh, author. Also, I was in Orly's book, actually, uh, one of her uh, books. Yes. And uh, I am also coaching people to help them find the perfect match franchise. So I'm really excited to be here today because, you know, franchising when people think franchising, they think food and there's so much more to franchising than that. So I'm excited to um, get to know everybody here. And I know you, Deb, from many different places. So thank you. Well, I'm glad you uh, invited me. Well, and let's just, we'll, we'll start super basic um, because why not? Um, what is it that, why do you love what you do? Because one thing that I find is when you love what you do, it shows when you mm-hmm. don't love what you do it shows even stronger. So what is it, Phyllis, about franchising that that gets you excited? So interestingly enough, uh, when I wrote the part in the book for um, Orly's book, Women Who Lead, I had to kind of go back and think about what was it about, you know, what were the skills that I brought to the table and what was it about franchising? And what I realized is that because I've been in the industry for such a long time, And I have not only owned franchises, sold franchises, and helped people start franchises, I have been behind the scenes and spent a lot of time with different franchise companies. So I've seen firsthand the work and the love and the compassion they have to help the franchise owners. 
So that's why it's just inbred in me that if you want to go into business, I think franchising is the best kept secret in town and people don't think about it. Well, it's going to be a secret no longer because here you are <laughs> to spread the world. <laughs> what, about you? what about you, Michelle? Events. Events are what I love. And then what's interesting through my career is being able to see the different types of events and formats of events. And so again, you know, over 15 years ago, back in high school, and I want to be a wedding planner and I want to put on events and what I knew back then, events to be, and then having the opportunity to expand beyond the social side. And now being, you know, my time in corporate and corporate events, now you bring in marketing. You really don't have to necessarily market your wedding. Hopefully you don't have to market your wedding. Um, and so learning more of the numbers and the strategy behind it, the connections. And that's really how I uh, wanted to then shift and the process. But why I love events is, is the connection of people and the intention. And so if you want to go into marketing or coaching or speaking or whatever it may be, people go to events with intention. And that's what I love about it rather than, um, you know, marketing or advertising, although important for business, it's that interruption to a pattern. And so you don't get on Facebook or YouTube or Netflix for the ads, but you do go to the events with intention. And so um, having that connection and then I love the process. So starting with the logistics and who needs to be where and when, what needs to be where, how does it get there? That's all logistics. And now going beyond logistics has even opened a whole nother door within within the industry, but it still comes back to that intention and people. And um, that's really why I love events, especially for business and how mm -hmm. to strategically use them. So I, I love that. And part of the reason that I love events and I'm, I'm talking about how you all are niched. I'm like a niche of a niche because <laughs> I love goals so much, but it is that intention that's the difference between what makes an event successful and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. If you go into it, whether you're the planner or the attendee, knowing mm -hmm. your goals, you're going to get so much more out of it. So I am so with you on all the above. And you get to meet new people. So what 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 better, right? And Wanda, sales, sales follow-up. I mean, well, you know, I've already gushed. So, but why for you? <laughs> so I had a very successful 25-year corporate career. And through that experience, I developed a very strong skill for creating systems. And when I got mm -hmm. into sales and realized how critical follow-up is to the sales process, mm -hmm. I took my, I fell back on my skill, strong skill of creating systems. And so I developed systems for following up and then um, relationship management. And when I left the corporate world and started to share what I was doing, I learned very quickly how bad people really are at this. Mm -hmm. And it pains me because people work <laughs> so hard, you know, really on lead generation, but they fall so short on the back end, you know, with just follow up. If you will just follow up, <laughs> there's so much more opportunity for you. And you're going to close so many more sales because in general, people don't do it. And so I'm just passionate about it because like I said, it pains me to mm -hmm. see how hard people are working, but they're like the hamster on the wheel, you know, 
just running, 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 but not getting where they want to be because they're not doing the follow-up work. When I say where they want to be in terms of their sales goals. Really, it's like logic. You would think that every, (laughs) but really what part of the process is the most important? You need all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, and so do you have a fun success story of of turning somebody around, Wanda, that you could share? Uh, oh yeah, I mean I've got an, quite a lot of them. Okay, um, pick, pick your favorite or one of yeah. them. <laughs> so I will guess one comes to mind, and I would have his permission to say this, but he was all over the board, just so scattered. Everything was so organized. He was running in a hundred different directions, a hundred miles an hour. And he was going here, there and everywhere for lead generation. Things were slipping through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And I just pulled him in and we said, we've got to get systems in place. You need to form some good habits. And he told me about a month ago, he was going to sue me (laughs) because he has so much business. He's stressed out. (laughs) <laughs> it really does work. And that's what I hear so frequently. Oh my gosh, Wanda, that really works. Yeah, when you follow up, it works. <laughs> it really does. So yeah, that was hilarious when Ian told me that. I just cracked up. <laughs> I, I want to have someone to, and the other part is putting that intention in the world. Somebody once said, one day I was so bored. I said, I never want to be this bored again. And I was never this bored again. <laughs> that's that's what, what you just said reminded me. It's You put in the work mm-hmm. and the passion yeah. and the right systems, you get the mm-hmm. gold. Uh, and so what about you, Phyllis? Do you have a favorite story? About franchising in general? I mean, a or, customer or that... Yeah. So we like stories. We like stories. I agree. I would say that... Uh, one of the stories that I love to share is I had a gentleman that attended the church I was going to, and I had watched him for two years wander around looking for a job. And I, I, it just pained me. And I finally said to him one day, Rob, will you just spend some time with me? Let's see what we can find for you. And what's really beautiful about this story is not only did I find him a franchise he never would have dreamed of, because it's it it's something that you don't even realize it's out there. But not only that, but I've actually used the service that he is providing. So I have a dear friend who has dementia and she's had to go into a home. And the franchise that I introduced Rob to, they help families find homes for their loved ones, either dementia or skilled nursing or whatever it is. And so I, not only did he get in the business and it was very heartfelt for him, but I was able to call him and say, we need to find a place for our friend. And, you know, so that it's, that's one of the reasons I do what I do because I love to help people find things they would have never dreamed of before. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. And I need to find out from Wanda some trips on some tricks on, follow up and keeping everybody straight with all the different networking we do. <laughs> and that's why I put you people together. Perfect. <laughs> and it sounds to me like, so you match make people because it's like, mm-hmm. there is no one franchise fits all solution. No, not at all. 
No. Okay. And, and what people think they want and what they end up with is usually totally different. So it's really a process of a person being open-minded and willing to kind of explore different options that they wouldn't have considered. Because nine times out of 10, when they look at it, they go, oh, I would never want that. And they end up falling in love with it once they get behind the curtain and they figure out what it's all about. It's the foundational stuff, which is, which is what I do. It's, yep. You can't get what you want unless you know what that is and to be open to those possibilities. Exactly. Well, That's and I use what you do, Deborah, because I have them work on, I mean, we have to start somewhere and I like to start with exit. So where it is it you want to go? What is your big goal? And then how are we going to get you there? But they've got to have a big enough why, which you know, in order for them to, to have the energy and the willingness to work hard to make it all happen. Absolutely. So, Michelle, I'm sure you've got dozens of great stories, but what's the one that's sticking out for you today? You know, I'm going to kind of take this um, a little differently and not just specifically about the events, but the power of events and why um, also why I love what I do because I showcase what I do. And that also helps to get more aligned events because I'm doing what I'm doing. I vlog and it just shows in action. And so uh, I've been able to cut through the noise because there are so many marketing tactics and funnels and, and things mm -hmm. that, that work for other coaches, consultants, um, service providers, and so um, my story will be how one event can lead to another, to another. Um, and actually one of my, my biggest I don't, tips and tricks of how I even expand my network is through uh, demos. And so I, I caught a demo of a platform that served my industry. So I love getting on event demos software. That demo actually was said, you know what? I have a client that could use what you do. Introduced me internationally. Uh -huh. He came here to the States. I was living outside of Philadelphia at the time. He caught a train, met him in person. So that face-to-face -face meeting is how we closed the deal first and foremost. Worked with him and his team, went to uh, New Orleans the first year. He then introduced me to his second cousin up in New York. Worked with them up in New York. They sent me to Chicago for an event. This is all pre-COVID, by the way. Um, so then I worked an event in Chicago for that client. Went to do another event uh, for that client. Got introduced to a mutual client. And I still have those clients three, four years later. And so that retention and the power of events, um, where it's, it's more for sustainability scalability, as I say. So that all came from that one connection, that meaningful, that deeper relationship, rather than just throwing, um, yes, I do content and, and LinkedIn and, and some of these other methods, but those face-to-face -face meetings and the power and when people see people in action and what they do, that that's really what has allowed me to be sustainable. And especially in covid in an mm -hmm. industry that got hit pretty hard. So again, that story isn't necessarily directly of what I did for the events, but it's I wanted to share the power of events and that one connection and when done well, you're meeting most aligned um, mm -hmm. other uh, vendors and suppliers and clients and people. And so anyway, I wanted to share that side of the table. It, it's That's a great. Good, it's a good table. 
And, and, you know, well, and so Orly and I met because I saw in a newsletter that she and I were speaking at the same event. And then I reached out to her and she said, oh, I haven't spoken there before. Oh, I'll give you the 411. And then after that, we're like, okay, we've spoken together. Now we need to be friends. So every little step that you make within it is a step. Every connection can lead to wherever um yep. and wherever is as Wanda knows you have to keep getting at them and mm-hmm. so let's start with I, I know this sounds really basic but what is that first step I know to get what you want you need to know what that is but let, let's get a little deeper into that Wanda what do you think is the first step in figuring out whether it's your main thing or your side hustle or what have you for building your business? Mm. Um, well, as you said, I mean, you, you've got to be passionate about it and then you've got to be committed because it's, you know, it's bumpy, it's smooth, it's high, it's low. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the commitment that sees you through the tough times. Like there's, you know, when I left the corporate world, I, I would get the question, well, you know, what's your plan B? And I, I can't have a plan B because if I have a plan B, I'm not fully committed to my plan A, which is to stay in business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just how I think it's all about commitment in anything we want to do or get done is um, if it's you're not doing it, then you're just not committed enough. And if you're not, that's just a, a question that only you can answer. You know, why? What is what is underneath that lack of commitment? Mm-hmm. So, and it's not giving up either. That's the other thing, you know, stay committed and don't give up because I'm sure everyone in business has had those moments like, oh my gosh, <laughs> can I keep going? Um, and the answer is yes, you can. You can. Mm-hmm. I really love that you called out the no need for a plan B. And it, and it goes mm-hmm. in a way with what we're talking about with niches before. If you're dialed down, if you, I mean, I challenge you to find someone who loves goals as much as I do, mm-hmm. right? You need to know what you love and be passionate about it and then have mm-hmm. the patience, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah, yeah. I've been told patience is good. I haven't. Told. Well, you know what they say, be, don't ask for patience because God will give you lots of opportunity to have patience. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. Good point. Never asking for it again. So what yeah. about you? What about you, Phyllis? I know so, you need to find the right thing, but. Right. But I would piggyback on what Wanda said. And for me, when I'm working with people, it's not as much. It has to be passion, but it has to be doing the skill set that they're really good at. So, for instance, when people think franchising, they think food. Well, when I spend time talking to them about how do you like managing people and what kind of employees do you want to have, all of a sudden, the whole concept of what that business is really all about is going to really change because they've got to have a good skill set for whatever business they're going into, and they have to have a willingness to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Because even though if it's a business that might be considered semi-absentee, they still have to have... They're going to have to work really hard in the very beginning, no matter what, because, you know, of all the development in the building of it. But, yeah, it it is passion. But I wouldn't sell I wouldn't encourage somebody to buy a golfing something in the golf world 
as a franchise because then they're going to be they're going to hate their hobby because now it's work, right? Yeah. So make enough money so you can go enjoy the nice golf courses around the world. <laughs> there you but go. But they have to really love what they're doing. But a lot of times they don't know what they love. And they don't realize that franchising comes in all of these different areas. Uh, one of the things you hear a lot today, because historically, um, I don't think it's ever been as bad as it's been over the last two years of people leaving their jobs because they really hated what they were doing. So many people are sticking in jobs that they just hate. And then you, you, if you follow people that get into business for themselves and get into a franchise and they interview them, they go, I don't know why I waited so long. But it was just that they didn't have the courage to just go for it. I mean, because we're all going to have failures. Failures is part of our growth. And if you have a failure, that's going to happen sometimes. But what did you learn? And you won't have as many failure, failures if you make sure to get all of your questions answered and not go in on a wing and a prayer. Hope it's going to work. You'll you'll know. At least in my industry, you will. Well, but the skill set thing, I think, is also important. You know, you're talking about the people who've realized they don't need to be in jobs they hate anymore, which is, you know, a big part of why I do what I do. You know, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. But seeing your skills in the way that they work elsewhere is something else to take that inventory of. So I just felt that that needed to be highlighted. Michelle, what do you think? What do you think is that first step? I can speak on more of the service side of things, perhaps, and maybe where, you know, what helped me to get going was actually freelancing before expanding. And and actually, I still freelance. And um, what I mean by that, too, is, yes, freelancing, you are your own business, you are self-employed. Um, and Phyllis, you you hit a point that I wanted to, you know, emphasize mm-hmm. is there are so many people um, that are seeing like entrepreneurship is great, it's wonderful. And I, I truly don't believe that is for everyone. That's why I no, love working with internal teams. Mm-hmm. And to just because you love it. So they there's this um, facade of like, just do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, that was me with weddings. And I, I learned early on that I actually recognized that I didn't want to make a living from weddings. I wanted to do weddings because I liked weddings. Mm-hmm. And that's what also helped me make the decision to focus more on the corporate side. As much as I love mm-hmm. the corporate side, um, where events and, and the wedding side of things, I didn't want to have to rely off of weddings because then I don't, I never wanted to dread doing weddings. So I, I mm-hmm. want to do weddings. And so I mm-hmm. see this with entrepreneurs. And that first step is when you freelance your services, it still can come through the business. And I still do this. So technically, my company, m Marketing and Events, is hiring Michelle Nicole McNabb rather mm-hmm. than the client hiring me personally, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So then mm-hmm. um, what that allows us to do is actually be a part of teams and delegate and be a part of, let's say, an agency nice. or in my case, a production team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a tech. I'm not. I'm not an AV tech or a camera person or um, a switcher or all of these. You're a things. project manager. 
Exactly. So I'm a part mm -hmm. of it. And rather than me building out or feeling like the first step is to build a production team or a whole event mm -hmm. management to freelance. And with time, then you, we can build out the systems like Wanda mentioned mm -hmm. and then building out, okay, what can I delegate? I absolutely don't like scheduling social media. I don't like it. But in the beginning, yes, I did my own social media. And now I have someone that I can delegate because I'm, I'm not great at written communication. I, get me on a yep. camera or conversation, yeah. convert it into written. <laughs> and too. so it's, it's, I, I want to like applaud freelance and that that can be a part of your business as, as it grows and not to, it's not an either or, it's not one is better than the other. It's not like, oh, my, my business is getting better. It's, I still freelance. I, I'm actually meeting a production team in the city tomorrow. I'm so excited so that hopefully we could freelance. And then as you grow, then you start building out, then you can delegate. But if, if you're open to that, that's how I started. That's still how I'm able to, you know, do what I do, do what I love. Um, so anyway, those are a couple of my points too. Well, you know, start freelance so Michelle, keep in mind that every franchise company has an annual convention. There you go. Yeah. There. Yeah. So I would be happy to to uh, chat with you about that. Yeah, I would. I would love that too because regardless if it's at a hotel or a resort or wherever it may be, um, and even if even if there's encores, probably the contractor is internal, and they they say, "Oh, well, we have to use encore." They use contractors and freelancers. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, um, so anyway, that's people are like, "Oh yeah, like I gotta use who the internal team is." I'm like. But they're going to hire whoever is local, typically. So, mm -hmm. yeah, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And this is why I love bringing people together, because you never know where the connections are going to happen. <laughs> it, and so let, let's go. Uh, what makes a business stand out? Uh, I'm sure you all have thoughts, but let's start with Phyllis on this one. Okay. So... One of the things that is so important, and we've talked about it here on this uh, show, is the you have to market. I don't care what kind of business you are. If you're a McDonald's, you still have to market. So it's, and in today's world, one of the things I'm encouraging my clients to do is to hire a VA that can do that social media so that they make sure it gets done. Because I would say one of the biggest challenges that, small business owners have is they spend a lot of time and Wanda, you know, this running around, going to all the networking meetings and they don't have a consistent marketing plan that keeps them top of mind in front of people. And that's one of the areas that franchise companies really, you know, are great at because you're going to leave training with the whole marketing plan for the whole year of what you're going to be doing. That makes a huge difference. Yes, because if people don't see you, they can hire you or go to your business. Right. So, so Wanda, what do you think? I think it comes down to good old fashioned service. You know how customer service is at an all time low today and it doesn't take much to stand out and wow. And so, yes, customer service once you get that customer, but also prospect service which is following up. Sir, how are you serving your prospects? Because when you serve your prospects well, and you do it through following up, 
you're going to stand out because most people don't do it. And then once you get them into a client, that service must continue because that is where loyalty is bred. And when you have loyal people in your life, business life and mm -hmm. life in general, but in business, we're talking about it, life is just so much sweeter and easier. Business is sweeter and easier. Mm -hmm. So I, I fall back on service. Nice. So I was doing online chat because I was trying to troubleshoot a technology problem today and they redirected me five times. Yeah. And I finally just said, you know what? I'm just going to Google. <laughs> yeah. So when you're, when you're talking about customer service, I mean, that really is the difference between do I hire you or do I hire the other person and marketing is showing that you're there, right? That you know your stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I completely agree with both of you, but that, that customer service thing, it, it's like the common sense. There is no such thing. <laughs> customer service needs to be hand in hand. And given how poorly it is, mm -hmm. even the little bit of effort makes a huge mm -hmm. difference. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought that up. Michelle, what do you think? What makes a business stand out? This is a great question. So as, as you both were sharing really good points, I'm like ping-ponging in my head, which one do I want to share? Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with deliverables where that, that kind of follows up with Wanda and, you know, the customer service. So mm -hmm. just kind of taking it even more broad is, how do you deliver your services? And this is something that I've learned and shifted in that some of my clientele want that done with you. They don't care about my process. They don't care that I have 10 years worth of run sheets and how I manage event planning and production. They just, they don't care. They just want it done. So uh -huh. understanding, well, how I'm going to deliver that is to do it. Then I may have clients and let's say under the masterclass, they want systems and so they do care how it's delivered and so meeting them where they are and that's going to be creating a scope that's uh you know one-to-one -one with maybe coaching maybe with the templates they get the run sheet and they're going to walk away with the exact run sheet template that's customized now to them rather than how do i plan an event no i had to come to the like hard realization that nobody's going to plan an event or produce an event, exactly what's going on here. But mm -hmm. when I could get out onto paper and the processes, mm -hmm. now I can actually delegate some of the things, maybe, you know, there's so many components that go into events. Um, for instance, communication, go back, I hate doing the written communication component. So now I have this system that I can help to delegate. And so that deliverable standing out where Great. There's a lot of event production companies or event management companies, but how do we deliver? Is it just done for you? I purposely promote mm -hmm. myself as a non-full service event management because a lot of times that the gap that needs to be filled is we have an internal team. They just don't have the resources or the full team that they need, whereas they don't want a full service event management. Mm -hmm. That's not my deliverable. If that's what somebody wants, that's not me because I'm not a full service management company. And so deliverables of how we're going to deliver those scopes, um, I think can really help 
to break away to say, yeah, there's a bunch of event management companies out there. What is event needs to be delivered in the way that aligns? Do you care how, how we do it? Do, do you need us to help train your team so they're able to run with it? Or do you just need us to come in once a year or every quarter and, and do your events? Like, what is that deliverable? Um, rather than just saying, well, this is our way, this is our run sheet, and this is how we're going to do it. Um, so how you deliver and how you come up with those scopes can really help to meet your clients where you are. So you're saying deliverables, and I'm hearing deliverables, but just for the general purposes to, like, put a nice umbrella over it is yeah. – when you know what you do and you do it well and how you do it for the people you serve, it goes back to the good customer service and showing, mm -hmm. you know, your stuff, people want the best person for the job. The more, you know, or the more you can market or express, <laughs> I love how all this works together. Um, the, who you are, the very specifics of it, then, so the first start is knowing what you love and not not uh, killing your favorite hobby by making it your career, uh, putting <laughs> systems in place and, mm -hmm. and treating your clients and your prospects like gold. Wanda, can we please talk about following up? And yes, I will let Michelle and Phyllis chime in. But what are your, shall we say, three best tips for following up? Okay. You got to have first and foremost is mindset. You know, there's a lot of mindset issues about follow-up, primarily fear. There's so much fear around following up, which is a huge reason why people don't do it. Fear of being uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I'll just name a couple of the, or a few of the top fears. Fear of being pushy. I hear it all the time. If I keep following up, I feel like I'm being pushy and you know, the old fear of rejection so, you know, it's, it's overcoming the fears that show up when it's time to follow up and you got to use a CRM. You know, if you're not using a CRM, you're just going to be slipping and sliding all over the place and, and making the process so much more difficult. And then you got to make follow up a priority. You know, that sounds like common sense, but it's not very common at all. The number one reason why people say they can't get their follow up work done is because they don't have the time. They're just too busy. It's not a time issue. The time is there. It's just not a high enough priority. So those are the top three. Okay. And do you have a CRM that you love? Yeah. Yes. Um, I use, it's called Less Annoying. It's a funny name. Um, I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I wish I could say that's a CRM for everyone. We're all different. There's hundreds and hundreds out there. You know, less is more, simpler is better. If it's too complex or complicated, you are not going to use it. That is our human nature. Okay. And so just find one that you like, because if you like it, you're going to use it. And that's the bottom line. That's the, the best reason to choose any tool is if you're going to use it. I, I talk about journaling a lot. And everybody says, no, you have to journal on paper. Well, if the only way you're going to journal is to type or voice journal, then you do that. Yeah. So find the, the things that work for you. Do you have any other tools that you love that people need to have? The CRM is really it. I mean, if you use no other tool but your CRM, you are as good as gold because you are going to get so much done with that CRM. 
and you know, we live in an incredible time of technology. There's a lot of tools out there, but you, you got to start with the fundamentals. You know, we, we just, we live in such a crazed frenzy and technologies. There's just so much at our disposal and it's too much. It's too much. And, you know, people just aren't getting anything done because they're inundated. It, and so we had uh, Eugene, who's a regular watcher, listener, whatever we call, said the combination of Microsoft Outlook, Teams, and LinkedIn, which are connected for a CRM, easy enough for non-tech people. So yeah. find find the things, find the tools that work for you, but also use them. Exactly. And so, Michelle, do you have a Ninja follow-up tip you want to share? I will say, especially with events being my area of focus, so I'm talking like trade shows, if you're speaking at an event, whatever it may be, segment, 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 segment. That is my number one tip. How you segment is up to you. I have a system that works for myself that I recommend. Um, and it can be as easy as for me, I've been using this system for years in my CRM. When I go to events, it doesn't matter what the channel is. Um, but number ones are people, I need more info. I don't know if they're a strategic partner. I don't know if they're a lead. I don't know. I don't know. I need more info. Twos would be my lead. So not just saying lead, but are they cold, warm, hot? Threes are uh, either potential clients. I've, I have an RFP out. I've either worked with them. They're, they're a client. Number four would be all of you wonderful ladies, strategic partners, people on my network that we're not selling to. And these may be aligned partnerships. So in my case, production teams, marketing agencies, um, you know, tech and the number five are people that I look up to, mentors, people that I want to meet. Um, these could be speakers and, and influence that I look up to. So again, when you go for your follow-up, you're not going to have the same follow-up to your mentors as you would your hot leads or even to your strategic partners as you would to somebody that you don't even know who they are. Um, and so whether whatever channel it may be, I'm in the world of events. It works extremely well, especially if you have a team going to the same event, then you all have whatever your system that works for you. It could be an ABC system, whatever that system, whatever that segment is. And then that's, that's how I tag in my CRM. That is the number one column. And then I look at, okay, how, what's my messaging? How am I going to follow up rather than, you know, just, who is this person? Who are they beyond the first name? So segmentation is definitely something that I play, um, you know, take seriously in my own network and then also working events. So segment, whatever works for you. Really good point. And love that you threw in the whatever works for you. Because you, maybe you have three categories, maybe you have 10, but only exactly. you know. Yeah. And so, Phyllis, do you have Phyllis is grabbing a notebook either to take notes or to share something brilliant? So one of the things that I've discovered, I'm very ADD. And so I'm I'm like a bouncy ball. I'm everywhere. You'll notice I have my this is how I block time. So I'll dedicate like 10 or 20 minutes to a certain task. And I'm so sorry about my dog. She does not like being locked up. Anyway, um, but I have found for me, because I have different groups that I belong to, each group has a different color. So if I'm making notes 
and I'm on some sort of a class with them, I have all the notes in one place so I know where to refer to. And that way I'm not jumping around. I used to have one that continues who went through, but it was way too much and I couldn't find the stuff. So that's really worked well for me. And then I have to write everything down. If I don't write it down, I'm toast. So, um, and I've actually, and I'm going to just go on mute because my dog's going crazy. Thank you. Uh, I love the notebook trick and I love the color coordinated notebook trick because I, I talk a lot about making appointments with yourself and different notebooks for different activities. I just have like, at least I'm not the see, see if you could read my scribbling. Um, I have at least at three, four, okay, six notebooks going on at once, one for each project. But I love the color coding. I think I'm gonna borrow that. I hope that's okay. Because when you spend so much time looking for your projects, it's time that you could be spent following up, marketing, having conversations. Um, what I would love now for, for you all, we'll start with Michelle on this one, is I would love you all to gift a goal to our uh, audience. I was going to say watchers and listeners, and that sounded kind of goofy. And look, I said that anyway. But what is one thing someone can do today, tomorrow, tonight to feel like they're really moving forward on building their business? Who? I would say sit down and really, um, if you're ready with your business to hone in, why did you start? What are you good at? What is what is your skill set? And write down all the things, if you could, on your wish list. You, you got to start there. What would you delegate? What would you delegate? Not saying that you have to, but that would be a goal because if you're spending a lot of time and energy on things that are sucking that energy then it's taking you away from why you started and what you want to do and what you're really, really good at. So make that wish list of what are things that, you know what, if I could delegate it out, if resources, time, money, recruiting wasn't an issue, and that can be a goal. And start with one. You don't have to create this whole team. You don't hire a full-time virtual assistant, but one by one, that in itself has alleviated so much of um, that that dread because then you're allocating more time. So a goal to be, what don't I want to do? And I'm gonna preface this: growing up and in school, they always say, "Oh, if you're if you're not good at this, you gotta work on it. You gotta work on this." I'm a believer. I want to know enough to be dangerous but I don't need to master my weaknesses I want to be aware of them work on them but I don't need to master my weaknesses and that way I can put the time and energy on my strengths still be aware of it but once it's more about acknowledging and identifying what those weaknesses are so then delegate because that in itself has given me so much peace of mind and can be more um, productive overall. So a wish list of what would you delegate? What weaknesses don't you want to master? And that will be a goal to um, start getting off your plate um, so that you can really delegate so you can generate in your field of genius would be my my tip and goal for you. I, I love that as a goal because the other power to it is writing it down and getting it on your head. You're thinking, oh, maybe I don't need to do that. And it's alleviating some pressure that you could put elsewhere. So really good goal and gold stars for it. 
Excellent. Phyllis, what about you? What goal would you like to gift our audience? So I am a real believer in vision boards. And, I, and I'll tell you a kid's story. So three girlfriends and I got together one Mother's Day. We were all single. We had kids. Kids were wherever. And so we decided we'd do something fun for ourselves. And one of my friends was one of these people that was very straight-laced, didn't think past here. You know, it had to be, you know, she just didn't have the ability to let go. And so we decided to do this vision board. And I said to her, okay, Sue, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pretend you're inside a box and I want you to open your arms like this and the sides are going to go down. And anything that you see in those days in the magazines that you see that you want, you can have it. And I gave her permission to let her imagination, you know, open up. And it was a wonderful exercise. It was a very fun day. And I think vision boarding is very magical. So I have a vision board training and I'm going to gift that to everybody. So you'll have the link for that in the show notes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So um, I, I, so you're, you're giving yourself permission to dream big. Uh -huh. Yes. Which is fantastic. And I will and, definitely. You know, yeah. we have to have audacious goals. Because if it's a goal that you know you're going to reach, you know, you're not really going to work very hard for it. But if it's an, if, as they say, I've seen something recently that said, if people aren't laughing at your goal, it's not big enough. Oh, I haven't heard that, but I love it. Uh, well, I, yeah. think it's, I think it's good to have little goals because you want wins, but they mm -hmm. shouldn't all be easy goals. Well, and I think as women, we have a tendency to kind of discount some of the stuff that we do because there's so many things that we've done over the years that we just is kind of expected of us. But I think, yeah, we have permission to do anything we want to do. And in today's world, anything is possible. Anything. Uh, you are getting absolutely no disagreement from me on that. Yeah, we, we have the world at our disposal. We are now yes, more do. connected than ever. Mm -hmm. And we have the choice to live the life we want, but we have to make the choice. And we have to take the jump. We do. You have to say yes. You have to get up the courage and just say yes and just go for it. This is exactly why I wrote your whole guide is to give people this literal roadmap to figuring out what they want and how to get it. But Love it that. starts with you and making the choice to have the life that you want. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for vision boarding. Um, go team. Yes. Uh, Wanda, what about you? What goal do you want to gift? I have a feeling it might have to do with follow up. <laughs> it most definitely does. I, the goal I want to suggest is to make two follow-up calls every, or follow-up actions, whatever you want, however you do it, every working day. So if you don't have two follow-up calls to make, you, you got to work on building your pipeline. Your pipeline's too thin. So envision, assuming you work five days a week, that's 40 calls a month. 480 a year, what would that do to your sales? 
right? Yeah. It's just two a day. You know, let's baby step our way there, okay? Two a day. That's it. Not a big deal. You can do it. It's very manageable. And might I suggest, if you want to do it in two days, like do 10 in two days, like five and five, then you don't have to do it the other three days, right? Well, here's here's my uh, counter to that or my concern oh. with that. Oh, please. Is, is if you say, if I say, okay, I'm going to do five today and five tomorrow. What happened to me today? My day went sideways. That was unexpected. I didn't get my five done. And let's say it's Thursday. So am I going to do 10 on Friday? And is that going to be possible? And then I'm not going to get it done. And then I don't, my goal's not accomplished. So I'm a firm believer in daily follow-up. Working days only, I'm a firm believer in it because it can become too big of a ball. <laughs> we got to try to get our arms around. So that's my counter thought to that, Deb. Oh, I, I accept your counter. And I'm just thinking, this is my five of seven rule. Have, have, I heard, have you heard me talk about my five of seven rule? No. That is my counter to people who say they're going to work on things for 15 minutes a day. And they miss one day, it's 30. They miss two, it's 45. If you didn't have 15 minutes, you certainly don't have an hour. Right. I'm going to counter your counter because I completely agree with what you said. <laughs> is if you're motivated and you're trucking it on a Monday and you get six done on Monday, maybe that'll make the rest of your week easier. I'm not saying leave all the calls yeah. till Thursday and Friday. I'm saying if you get ahead, go with yeah. it. But the two actions, and you're talking, it's not just phone calls though, right? It's follow-up actions. Right. I mean, however, you're going to follow up with that prospective client. Yeah. Whatever the, if, if the prospect said email me, then email them. If the prospects that call me, but you know, the phone this way is the most powerful tool we have. And it's the one that's used the least because I can cover with you in a five minute conversation what could take three emails in two days. That is not efficient. But there's so much fear with this. That's a whole nother topic. But anyway, I agree with you. If you if you're getting two done and you're on a roll, get six done by all means. Get 10 done. I, I, I agree with you on that. Okay, so as long as you front load your week. Yeah. Yeah, don't put it off until Thursday or Friday because, you know, so yeah. Okay, I, I love that we, we've we've agreed to a compromise on this. Yeah. Michelle, were you going to? I was going to say for those maybe even getting started, like early people in their business and want to make a great point, work on your pipeline and a great way to get that practice in is to do your two follow-ups on partnerships, on your network. And so rather, if you don't yet have a pipeline because you are just starting out and you're building out that pipeline, still follow Wanda's suggestion of the two follow-ups, but do it with your partners, with service providers, with people in your network. And that way, one is a little less maybe intimidating if you're first getting started, but you're getting more in the habit. And then as your pipeline and now referrals are coming in, maybe you're doing a guest podcast, maybe you're doing something, um, you know, content driven. And so you can still do those follow ups. But maybe if you don't have that pipeline yet, and you're not sure, um, you know, to look at who else is in your network. And so as you're building out prospects, you can absolutely start to get in that habit 
of Wanda's suggestion of two follow-ups. It doesn't have to be sales calls if you're still building that pipeline um, rather than just saying, oh, well, I don't have a pipeline, so I'm not going to do it. So that's another way to look at it. So, I, you know, I call those networking goals. So I'm totally on board. Awesome. Phyllis, yes, please. I share. was just going to share that this year I hired a VA. She works for me 20 hours a week. And she does all my social media. She's doing so much other stuff for me. I cannot tell you what a difference it's made in my business. Because, you know, the social media has to be consistent. And boy, has that helped. So, you know, if your viewers want any tips on getting a, a VA, I can help them with that. Excellent. And do you have a tip off the bat on finding the right VA? Well, there's different ways you can go about it. You can go directly to, you know, websites to find your own VA. There's companies that actually have VAs that you can hire from. Um, I And there's courses you can take. So, you know, I actually have a, a new JV partner as a resource now for VAs. Okay. Interested in learning more about VAs? Talk to Phyllis. And I will put... Um, all these links, if you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, um, you will find the recap to this along with these links and the the uh, jumping off points uh, or points from the conversation that jumped out. Um, and so thedevmethod.com slash blog. And I am at the dev method everywhere for those who need inspiration on the regular. Um, so, but Phyllis, where can people find you? So you can find me if you just type in your franchise coach or just type in Phyllis Pieri. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm everywhere. So I'm pretty easy to come up to find. Excellent. And Wanda, where can people find you? They can go to my website, followupsalesstrategies.com. They can contact me through there. And I also have a couple of free gifts on my site. Excellent. And Michelle, where can people find you? I would say the easiest way is also to Google my name. That's why I use my middle name. You absolutely can call me Michelle. But if you search Michelle Nicole McNabb, uh, I am most active on LinkedIn. However, if you follow on Instagram, I share tips and that's a little more behind the scenes where LinkedIn is more professionally connected connections where Instagram and even TikTok will be more of that behind the scenes tips, tricks, more in that short bite-sized uh, content. Uh, so those are my three main platforms. Um, although I'm on other platforms, that's where you're going to see me. Uh, the website is managementnevents.com. So management and as a nickel events.com. Um, and I also have a blog there as well for additional resources, but definitely connect on LinkedIn, Instagram. And if you're on TikTok and like those uh, little short bits and tips, that's where you can find me. Wonderful. And, and what I will have in the recap is I will have all of your websites and all of your LinkedIn's and any extra special links that you want to send. And again, you can learn more about me and how I help people figure out what they want and how to get it, especially when uh, creating strategy for events at thedevmethod.com slash goals. What a wonderful conversation. Boy, did we pack a lot in. Um, what I would love to do is leave our 
our viewers, audience people with one final tip or thought. So Michelle, Nicole McNabb, what is your final thought or tip or whatever? For starting your business to keep on our topic is, I, I always tell myself this as well, don't compare your stepping stones to other milestones. So we all have a journey and really stay on your path even if you aren't quite clear what that looks like and you have a destination, don't compare your own stepping stones to other milestones. Love it. That's perfect. And Phyllis, what is your final tip or thought? So my tip is that you are your brand. So remember that when people go to check you out, they're going to put your name in Google and probably the first thing that's going to come out is LinkedIn. So make sure your LinkedIn profile is is good and has a good picture. And the other thing is to remember when people go to Facebook, they're going to type in your name and they're going to pop up your personal page. So make your personal page appropriate so that because people want to know who are you and do I want to do business with you? So your personal page is a business page, unfortunately. So keep that in mind. Oh, that is so important. Yeah. Um, and I am with you on both of these things because LinkedIn is, well, like I said before, I will give your websites and your LinkedIn because that really is the first, the first two places. And usually LinkedIn is first. People look you up. But, but the Facebook thing, yes, nothing is private. Just remember that. <laughs> Great. And Wanda, what is your final thought or tip? Well, I would say make sure that your daily actions are in alignment with your sales goals. Because if you're not taking the right actions, you're going to be out of alignment. And when something's out of alignment, it doesn't work. So just be real aware and cognizant of how you're spending your time, working days. And if you're doing your two actions a day, you're, you're, you're better than most people who haven't been watching the show. So there you go. So remember that you're your brand. Uh, don't compare yourself to other people and continue in forward motion. So I think we've just discovered the secret of building a successful business. So audience, you're welcome. But thank you so much, Michelle, Nicole McNabb, Wanda Allen, and Phyllis Pieri for joining me for this very important conversation on building your business. And if you're watching, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals and your business. Um, remember, you can do it. So go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.